Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Thank you all so much. I am just feeling so much better. I appreciate all of your prayers and concern and sweet notes. As you can tell, I'm, I am uh, up and moving. <laughs> I no longer sound like I'm non-binary or binary, but with a different personal pronoun. Oh my gosh, the world is crazy. Speaking of crazy, so for those of you dudes who love Victoria's Secret models... Sorry, <laughs> but uh, they too have gone some kind of non-binary, non, I don't know what. Yeah, so, you know, there, there's, there's arguments on both sides, I guess, because some people are like, oh, yeah, Monica, you know, that's what we want is for, for young girls to keep feeling like they have to be super stick thin and six feet tall and, you know, super long legs and, you know, they want to throw up and this and that and this. And I'm like, well, uh, you know, and people ideate over this, whatever they think their perception of sexy and, and beauty is. And I got to tell you, I, ha- having been someone in my teens who struggled with an eating disorder, it wasn't until I had my daughter that that really just dissipated. And I was 24 years old. I was 25 when I delivered her. And when I became pregnant, I was 24. And that was my reason for no longer throwing up. And and I talk about it in my book. So some of you are like, oh, wow, she is, I can't believe she just shared that. Well, you know, it's out there, whatever. And And I tell you these things about my life because... Yesterday was Father's Day, right? And so ultimately, bringing God glory through the testimony of things that have happened in my life that he has absolutely delivered me from. However, <laughs> I, I with one caveat, I will say this. There are absolute triggers in our physical makeup, in our anatomical makeup. There are memories, there are muscle memories, there are synaptic memories in the brain, um, and there are things that can get tripped, like a tripwire, in your life, and you can think you're delivered from something, and that's not to shun the power of the Holy Spirit by any stroke of the imagination. It means that God can instantly deliver you from things, and you can also, years down the road, get triggered by something. And I know that because I had that happen not that long ago, actually. I was in a very stressful relationship. It was extremely toxic near the end, and I found myself thinking, like ideating over going back to bulimia. And I'm going to tell you why. This this is why I don't buy this whole, uh, you know, this whole rigmarole. Well, this just sends bad messages to our kids. Well, here's the deal. I raised my daughter to believe that because she's a female, she's automatically check in the sexy box. And that was what I instilled in her about herself, about her femininity, about who she is. First, it was, you know, you're a child of God, you're an infinite being, of course, okay? But when it came to her sexuality and knowing that the world is a very sexualized place, I didn't leave her to the wolves, and I did not leave her to 
Victoria's Secret models and Cosmopolitan magazines. And, you know, I mean, girls already go through that enough with their peers, right? So I tried to plant the seeds and I did very early that well within, you know what I'm saying? I mean, by 12, I mean, by six, your kids already know what sex is. And that's happening in your indoctrination camps in the way of government schools and private schools, by the way. But I was homeschooling my daughter, but I also knew she was around kids who were going to school. And I mean, there's hardly a cartoon or something without innuendo, right? Even for our children. And so I just kind of sucked the oxygen out of the room for her, took the mystery out of it, had a very pragmatic and age-appropriate conversation to alert her to her sexuality and that, hey, kid, you're a female. You're automatically, you can check the box of being sexy, there's 327 million people hit well and how many of those are men bad 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 stats but out of 327 million people in the United States of America how many of those are men and how many of the one dude one at least one is going to think is going to find you to be beautiful and or sexy attractive whatever which are the you know the terms that we use to you know, quote, sexualized women. Well, duh, we're already sexualized because we give birth. We're women. We are sexual creatures, men and women. This isn't some, you know, unholy conversation. And if we would have more of these conversations about how God actually created us, it would take the mystery and the, you know, perversions and all that stuff and just suck the oxygen out of the room. And so for my daughter, I tried to get to her before the world did. Right. So for, so for those of you who are like, well, it's just hor- it's a sense horrible messages. And it's much better to have a 270,000 pound woman in a pair of white underwear and a, in boxers because she's not sure of her sexuality. And she's certainly not sure about when it's time to put the Twinkies down. And nothing healthy about that, by the way. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing healthy about championing obesity and morbid obesity. Nothing. And some of you are like, well, how do you know she's not healthy? Well, I'm going to tell you now, if she's, not, if she's not not healthy now, just give it time. Your bodies, our bodies were not created for morbid obesity. That's, not, that's called gluttony. And that's also called metabolic disorders and, and things of that nature that sometimes people come by genetically. They come by thanks to all of our crappy food. Thank you, FDA. Um, you know, there's... It's or the USDA. I mean, there's it. It is, it is nuts. The things we put in, the chemicals we put into our bodies, that just make us fat, especially in this country. When I travel abroad, I can always tell when Americans are around, <laughs> and I think to myself, I'm sure my European relatives look at me and think the same thing, uh, because you were a little bit heavier than the rest of the world, by and large. No pun intended. Our obesity rates are through the roof. And so now we've got women who are, you know, whether they are butch and somehow that is now the picture of femininity. I don't think so. Sorry. And I have some friends who listen to my show who love me. I adore them. We love each other. They all love Jesus. And, you know, and they would assign a value of being a little bit more masculine than they would feminine. And so they know my heart whenever I say that. But sorry, dude. (laughs) There's nothing feminine about someone who wants to be masculine. Up really is up. And down really is down. And two plus two really is four. And I can say those things and not hate, not be homophobic. Because I'm not afraid of gay people. (laughs) 
or people's homosexuality. That is not even any of my business at all. But here's where it is my business. When you shove that stuff in place of, in lieu of, you become so insanely nuts that you try to tell the rest of the world that someone who's masculine is really feminine. No. No. Or that somehow it's unhealthy because these girls are six foot one. And maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they are on speed. I have no idea. Maybe they all have eating disorders. Maybe they just have fantastic genes and they have legs up to their ears and they look, holy crap, amazing. And I personally find them to be absolutely stunning. And I'm not, you know, like lusting after them. I'm just like, dang, must be nice. And I don't feel any less than in my own naked skin. I just don't. I mean, it, it, I am who I be, who I is, and I'm okay with all of that, you know, all over pounds and all of that. But, and if I worked out a little bit harder, and I am working my butt off right now, quite literally, I'm actually trying to save that, but, uh, you know, trying to work out some of the additional weight, trying to work that out, you know, I do know that I could do better. And some of those girls really are, they're vegans, and they do work out, and they take care of themselves very well. And they're not all anorexic and, and on meth and crazy. They're not all speed whores. I mean, I get so tired of those stereotypes just because the rest of us are too lazy to try to live up to a healthier lifestyle. I'm just being real. Sorry, ladies. And so if I'm throwing all of us under the bus, I'm going with you. Right? Okay. Now back to the bulimia. What is that all about? All of this brouhaha. So eating disorders are all about control. That's the bottom line. I discovered that there was so much out of my control as a teen that the only thing I could control was what was going into my body or coming out of my body. My body had been used for a lot of things that a child's body should not be used for. So I was subjected to A lot of things that kids should not be subjected to. And when that happens over time and your world is rocked, you're going to respond because that's how we're wired. Oh, and I'll tell you, especially as a survivor, I mean, it may sound, um, it may sound diametrically opposed, actually. A little bit of a conundrum there. It's like, well, are you trying to kill yourself? Are you trying to live? And it's like, well, I'm trying to grasp for straws because it's the only thing I can control. And instead of you hating me, I'm going to hate on me more, right? Because at least you get to control it. Some of you live with, what are those big things, cat nine tail, cat tail, nine tail, whatever. Those big old whips, right? Like you just live in this constant state of (laughs) self-flagellation. So you know what I'm talking about. Nothing's ever good enough. Nothing you ever do. You're just in this constant state of woe is me and self-loathing. And the world is inundated with it. And so I am not a physician, but I do speak on this subject as an authority over my own struggle with it and 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 coming to understand what was really going on. Not only was it a spiritual assignment against my life to take me out because you want to talk about wreaking havoc on your heart and your stomach and your esophagus. I mean, come on. But all this crap that people are going to, well, because this is how they're normalizing things, right? One thing has to become completely bastardized and perverted in order for another thing to prevail. And so we all know that, yes, we've all struggled with the messaging that our young girls get over the years. But since when did we abdicate our parenthood to Cosmo? 
Maybe if some of you dads spent more time building your daughters up and how beautiful they are, how pretty they are, you know, very um, natural, loving, uh, affectionate, you know, orderly, ordered, affectionate words from a father that instills a sense of, because here's the deal, whether y'all like it or not, every woman on the planet is wired to, for desire. You guys want to know whether or not you're enough. We want to know whether or not we're desirable. You guys want to know if you're going to measure up. We too want to know if we're enough. And believe me when I tell you, we never really believe we're enough. And I think until you get to a certain point in your life, you know, people laugh at cat ranchers. You know, y'all know what that is? A cat rancher is, <laughs> it's usually a flight attendant who's never been married. I'm just kidding. Um, and like over 60. But no, seriously, a, a cat rancher is kind of that. <laughs> it's it's a woman who's just kind of resigned herself to, you know, the litter boxes and 500 cats. And it's like the lady in the shoe, except for it's cats, right? And there, and there's no, you know, you're not going to get rattled or triggered because why would you? It's you and the cats. Y'all know what I'm talking about, especially you single people who are still dating. You know how it is. You meet someone and you're like, oh, you know, I'm good. And you think you're good and you think you're ready, you know, and I really want a partner. And then you get this, this bomb diggity drops in your life and you're like, okay, so uh, why all of a sudden do I feel insecure? Uh, why do I have trust issues? Like I thought I was over all that. <laughs> Some of you are laughing right now because you know what I'm talking about. And those of you who have been married for 50 plus years, you're like, oh, thank God I don't have to go through that anymore. So I understand both sides of the coin. But it's just, it is what it is. And my late pastor, God rest his soul, would say, it's in relationships that we're wounded. And it's in relationships that we're healed. I absolutely believe that. And I believe it. When the Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed. Stripes in that sense actually means fellowship. So when by his fellowship with God and the Holy Spirit and with life raised from the dead and having experienced death and took it into his body and sin, took it all into his body, and overcame it by virtue of the resurrection, right? And then became life, like he is eternal life. That's who Jesus is. He is eternal life. He embodies eternal life. And by our fellowship with him, those stripes, we are healed. That is what stripes means, by fellowship. And think about that. I mean, it's, listen, Relationships are not easy. I don't care if it's with your coworker, your kid, your spouse, your parent, your neighbor, whatever. They're not easy. And now they're becoming almost unbearable in the sense of how we how we conduct ourselves with one another on a daily basis. I mean, I see people mocking all the riots and the well, I say the riots, but the fighting in the black culture right now. Across Miami, uh, where were they? Just for a Juneteenth celebration for the love of God. And they're all brawling in the street. And, you know, and what are the black men doing? Standing back, videoing it, laughing, cheering, egging it on. You know, it's like, who who raised you? Where did we go wrong? 
where do we go wrong as a society that we're going to, and the rest of us just sit on social media and mock it and share it and retweet it and, you know, oh, look at the animals, you know, and it's like, yeah, well, it's not, it's not funny. And it is animalistic. It is absolutely animalistic to get to that root animal lower level of your bestial nature. And those are the only two options we have, by the way. Some things are binary, like it or not. You're either going to operate from your spirit realm and your spirit man or your bestial man. That, that's it. Those are your, your fallen nature or your higher nature. Those are your two options. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't write it, but I believe it. And so fellowship is really hard for people in this day and age. And you also have people who are vested in ensuring, making sure that you don't trust your neighbor, that you don't, that you are afraid of black people, that you are ready to take out the white man. Um, you know, you do hate cops. You are ready to defund everything that represents law and order, right? That you, you are, uh, ready to agree with disorder, natural disorder and insanity and agree that a woman can be, or a man, or whatever, it's not really a man, not really a woman, that somehow we're all going non-binary. I mean, this is; these are assaults against your spirit and against your psyche. So it's these are hard times. And so whenever, if we're called upon each other, if healing, if healing comes through fellowship with God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, and each other, and we're missing that each other component, we're toast. I'm just telling you. So it's important to understand that there are puppet masters who are just playing on our emotions, our bitterness, our unwillingness to forgive our past nationally, the fears, the generational cellular level that that you have to contend with within certain cultures. And I don't care if that's white, black, Latino, Japanese. I mean, you know, think about you are affected on a cellular level when you're traumatized. You know, to be put into an internment camp here in the United States, I'm sure had some level of trauma on some people. I mean... You guys, even the even the even the worst of liberals understand that part of humane slaughtering is that one of the reasons why it's better, I believe, and most people know this, especially the PETA freaks know this, um, and it is you're dealing with a sentient being in the way of an animal, which is why you have animal cruelty laws, right? And which is amazing. I want you, I want pro-lifers to really wrap your mind around that. And even if you're not pro-life, I want you to really think about that. There are more protections for your guinea pig than a human being in the womb because that guinea pig has been determined to be a sentient being. Now, probably nah, maybe not the guinea pig. That might be a bad example because we do use mice. In, in, and listen, don't tell me that mice can't feel pain or the guinea pigs can't feel pain. I mean, squeeze one of them too hard and see what they do. There's some kind of a nerve reaction there. There's some kind of a, holy crap, that's not, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> Danger, right? Something like that goes on. And so so the sentient nature of something is a consciousness. It's it's something that can, that tells you something's not right here. And I don't, I'm not safe. I don't feel right. I'm in pain, right? So 
I follow this attorney on LinkedIn. She's great, and her name escapes me at the moment. But she does a lot of trial work for these idiots that are out here, you know, dog fighting in their backyards, which just makes me nuts. And she's also made a distinct correlation between battered women and um, men who abuse their dogs. So you can often, what she tells people whenever you're building these cases against these domestic abuse cases, look to the family animal. Because I don't know what the statistics are, but I would be willing to bet that probably eight out of 10 of those abusers abuse their family pets. The woman is not the only thing in the family being abused or the kids. So back to the sentient nature. So, you know, I don't even know how I got off on that. That was good. <laughs> I do say so myself. But back to the sentient nature of things, you know, we all, we all need, we all need fellowship. And when we're in pain and we're being taught not to trust each other, and we just suck up our pain, suck up our loneliness, you know, just take it all in. Well, it's just the way the world, you can't trust anybody. I'm not saying you, you know, go out and wear your heart on your sleeve, but I, but I am saying that fellowship is required. Those stripes are required uh, by his stripes, right? By his stripes and by our fellowship with him, fellowship with others, we are healed. Now, speaking of healing, you guys know I care about you, right? And I'll always do what's best for the health of our nation. And in that vein, I'll always bring you what I think is best for you. So I've recently discovered a revolutionary health product that you're, you're going to want to know about. And if you or any of your circle of family or friends have ever suffered with any health conditions like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, fibromyalgia, autoimmune disease, arthritis, or any other chronic pain, I'm inviting you to join me tomorrow night, Tuesday evening, June 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The phone number is 712-770-5382. Again, that's 712-770-5382. The code to join my call is 946-1880-POUND. Again, that's 946-1880-POUND. Great information on this call tomorrow night. You're not going to want to minute, miss it. There's a physician joining us. Uh, for some of you who may have already taken the vaccine, this is definitely a call that you're going to want to be on. So I'm going to give you that number one more time. 712-770-5382. The code to join my call is 946-1880-POUND. And again, that's tomorrow evening, Tuesday, June 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, you know, cancer, diabetes, fibromyalgia, autoimmune diseases, you know, disease, 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 disease. And what does the Bible tell you? I came to heal all of your diseases and to forgive all of your sins and, and not in that order. Right, I came to forgive all of your sins and to heal all of your diseases. And so, you know. Many times there's a direct correlation we can see between the things that manifest in our bodies and the stinking thinking that we agree with. Would you agree with that? So bulimia and all those things are no different. So whenever people are like, well, let's just go ahead and agree with the lie that it's okay to embrace everybody who's morbidly obese, who's confused about their biology, who, you know, is confused about their sexuality, whatever, confusion, 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 um, you know, 
whoever is interested in taking the narrative into this perverse, weird, unnatural place for your children to agree with it, I'm just telling you now, I'd rather run with the Victoria, uh, Victoria Secret angels <laughs> and have my daughter go, okay, well, you know, yeah, that's pretty and sexy. And I guess not for all men, not for all, but you know, no, I'm not going to, I'm not changing up and down. I'm not changing the basics of life and two plus two is four. I'm not going to change that. And I understand beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I absolutely understand that. But this is not about beauty. It's not about that at all. You have to know that. It is so much more than that. It is taking the culture in a place where I'm just telling you guys now, it's going to become irredeemable. Unless you start taking a stand in your homes first and in your communities I've talked with a very dear friend of mine today who is um, assisting with an organization that she has formed, but they're part of a, a bigger effort nationally. She's formed it here locally in Georgia and Atlanta to be more specific. And she, um, they're standing against critical race theory, right? And so, and, and, and predominantly they're contending with this, the national organization deals predominantly with the, the government school, the public school aspect of this, right? Because legislatively, you do have some recourse there. You have laws on the books about what can and cannot, uh, you know, be shoved uh, down your children's throats. And so you do have recourse. But in on the private school level, that's a conversation not many people are having because it's a very insulated community. And that community you are effectively, they hold your children as ransom whenever it comes to what, whether it's critical race theory. See, this is all part of the critical race theory. The Victoria's Secret stuff and changing what, what we would consider beautiful or feminine, okay? Again, remember, um, I'm not saying that men can't have some feminine qualities, but I'm just going to tell you. I like my dudes was like just straight up testosterone. And that's not to say that they, they don't have some estrogen littered in there. Um, but I, yeah, y'all know what I'm saying. Like I'm a steak and potatoes kind of girl. And so I like my dudes dudes. I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. And so, yeah, I need you to be, you know, a soft hearted guy and a kind guy. Um, whenever I, I need you to do that. But look, when there's some ass to be kicked, I need you to, we're not, uh, uh, we're not going to step back and throw me out in front of the bus, right? I mean, I can kick ass myself, but I'm just saying, if I've got a dude, I'm going to expect him to step up and be the dude, right? So masculine is masculine, feminine is feminine, and I'm not, I'm not jumping off of that. Well, they're, they're demanding that you do so, and they're taking this type of curriculum into your schools. And it starts, and I'm going to tell you, you parents and grandparents need to be watching the little magazines and all the TikTok things and all the literature that your kids are reading we talked about that today in this call, and, and she was like, well, we've got this planned, and we have this, you know, action item, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, bottom line is this. You have to start in your homes. You need to know what is coming home in the way of curriculum with your kids. You already have teachers who have been busted. I was just reading the story online. Teachers who have been busted 
um, sending home false homework with their with your kids, their students, right, to lie to you guys about what kind of work they're really doing in the classroom. Now, if that's not a reason to show up at your school and, you know, demand some answers or pull your kid out, period, or take that teacher to court for, uh, what, what would you even call that? I mean, uh, contributing to the delinquency of a minor? How about dereliction of duty? How about perverse overreach on behalf of a, of a teacher to instruct my child to lie to me? Oh, yeah, it's on. <laughs> so, uh, so you guys need to understand what's going on in your schools and in the private schools particularly. There's a culture there of holding your children ransom because what they do is they shame you and your family and your kid just suddenly gets kicked off of teams, is not invited to things, suddenly becomes a disciplinary problem. There are secret meetings held, you know, in the evenings or whenever, or these little secret groups on Facebook. Um, and your kid ends up being the topic and your family, the topic of discussion. And let me tell you something, I don't care what you're paying. In Atlanta, I just, someone sent me some stuff to just blow the doors off of uh, a very, um, uh, well-known and, and, and over the years, a highly respected uh, college prep school here called Westminster. And Westminster kids, you know, these different schools we have here in, in the city of Atlanta, my child graduated from uh, Whitfield Academy, which is a Christian academy, and for by and large has really held their own and stuck to their Christian um, uh, doctrine and, uh, and, and have not, as far as I know, they have not budged uh, and given in to the, uh, you know, counterculture measures of, of Christianity. Um, but Pace Academy, Westminster here in the city of Atlanta, uh, these the, love it. These schools are like legacy schools. I mean, these go back generations of Georgians. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Woodward Academy. All of them. I have been sent information from sources from parents who are just like, what the hell? I mean, and they're, they feel like their hands are tied because it doesn't matter how much money you give to the school. These schools are, I mean, are you kidding me? These schools are like miniature Yales. And if the endowment of Yale is insane, they invest greatly. So they are diversified in more ways than one. Their portfolios are nuts. If you never gave another dime to Yale, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> it just wouldn't matter. And so a lot of your private schools are that way, and so they know they've got you by the gonads. Sorry, I don't mean to be crude, but it's true. It is that bad. And so parents feel extremely helpless, and most parents don't even know what the heck their teachers, their kids are learning. They don't know. All they know is my kid goes to Pace, or my kid's going to graduate from Westminster, and it turns into this thing you know, this posterity and this uh, position and status. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, well, you're about to status your kid right out of their, you know, their mind, right out of their spirituality, right out of two plus two is four, right out of being able to critically think about anything or have a personal opinion 
without being curled up in a corner, you know, accepting someone else's personal opinion or demanding that everyone's bill of rights is flushed down the toilet. That's what's being bred in these schools. And it's happening at an alarming rate. And the things that have been uncovered and who's funding the efforts in your private schools in the coming days, I will be revealing more of this. But it's easy. It literally five clicks. You can find all the information you need to find. And you have serious, like, pack money. You have serious packs that have been put in place to represent the interests of your private educational and doctrinational institutions across the country, not just here in Georgia. So there's a real war at work here. And But you have choices. You're not prisoners of war. I say that almost every show now. You are not a prisoner to this system. You have choices to make. And the sooner you find your own gonads and your own heart and your own, you know, sorry to use this in the same sentence, but your own mind of Christ, and you actually stand up for the principles that you know are true because it does matter and your voice does matter, and your money does matter, your buying power matters, your likes and your dislikes and all of that matters, where you send your children to school matters, if you send your children to school, all of that matters. You hold the power. My show is always here to empower you. And sometimes it doesn't feel good. And you guys get on to me about that. And that's okay. I'm a mother. I can take it. And I'm not your mother. And I'm not trying to be your mother. But I know two plus two is four. And you're not going to convince me to convince you otherwise. And some things are right and some things are just wrong. And I'm not saying that I always get it right. Trust that because I don't. But I am telling you with certainty, you hold the power. The individual, you. I don't care if you don't have a college degree. I don't care if you don't have a high school diploma. I don't care how poor you are, how wealthy you are. I don't care if you have zero status in the community. If your credit score is 300 or it's 850, it doesn't matter. You hold the power because you have this little thing called a mouth. And you have a tongue in between those two things called your lips. And whenever you use that mouth and put it to use and you start to affect change and you use your voice, look at what the minority does. Liberals are in the minority and they are literally walking off the field with our country. That's not hyper, that's not hyperbolic rhetoric. That is actually true. You see it happening. So you hold the power. So you're going to have to start paying attention to what your girls are reading, watching, ideating, what they're listening to, who they're listening to, how much time they're on their phone. I just can't take her phone away. She just won't give me her phone. Have you lost your mind? What do you mean she won't give you her phone? And then you dads, God bless you, you have all been so emasculated that you're scared to death to even hug your own daughters, to, or you're so inordinate 
I see some dads where I see them on their girls, their little girl, little girls acting like hoochies twerking on, on Insta scam or whatever. I don't have any of that crap. Um, TikTok, right. People send me stuff all the time and there's their dad, their dad. I'm like, who's that old pervert guy sitting in the back? Why is he watching that little 13 year old twerk? Oh, that's her dad. What? If that's you, if you're that dad, you have two choices right now if you're listening to me. If you're that dad who allows your daughter to behave that way, to speak to you disrespectfully, to 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 enforce, if she's the enforcer of your home and your home is that disordered, you have two choices right now listening to my voice. You ready? One, you either take the reins back from your family and you get on your knees and you ask God for forgiveness for your home being completely out of whack and out of disorder. And you ask for the Holy Spirit's help to help get your family in order with love and nurture, discipline, admonition. And I'm talking order. I don't care what you've done. That's between you and God. You ask God for forgiveness. You accept your forgiveness and your cleansing and you get your butt up. You wipe your butt off and you keep moving. You dust off those knees because you have a country to save. You have a family to save. You have a kingdom to save. Do you understand that, fathers? So those, that's your first choice. You get right with God and you get that family and that little girl of yours in order and you quit looking at her with crazy eyes or with whatever the hell's going on that's inordinate because you've just checked out as dad, okay? And if you've got some crazy wife who's completely out of order, then you pray for her too. But you get that house in order because that is your first ministry is your family. That's your first choice. If you're not willing to do that, if you're not going to make that commitment after listening to this show, I want you to stop following me. No, I'm serious. Because I'm tired of talking until I'm blue in the face with and watching what's happening to our country and knowing that there are fathers who are wonderful men who have just been beat down who don't know their worth, who don't know their value. Their fathers never said, I love you. Their fathers never gave them an attaboy. Okay, I get all that. There are literally millions of men who could pour into you who are not going to be weird about it. God provides. I'm just telling you all right now, if it's a mentor you need or want or a father figure, I promise you this. I promise you this. If you pray to God for a godly man to come into your life, it doesn't have to be someone you even know. It could be a book that's dropped in your lap. It could be a video series. It could be a training series. It could be going back to school and getting back into history and finding someone who you admire, who you'd like to emulate as a man. It could be any number of ways that this happens, but I'm telling you right now as God is my witness and it's happened in my own life on more than one occasion. If you ask God to bring you a godly person to disciple you and to pour into your life and to teach you, I don't care if you're 50. Some of you are 50 going on 13. If you will ask God at 50, 60, 70, I need some help in my life around this manhood thing. I promise you this, you better open your eyes because suddenly they're going to be there. All this stuff about when the student's ready, the teacher appears. Well, there's some truth to that because when you're ready, you're going to seek your teacher. You're going to seek the knowledge and the wisdom. And some of you have just given up. And I see your babies online. And I just shake my head. 
And it's shameful. It's shameful. Our culture today, I live in Atlanta where I cannot go out to a five-star restaurant without seeing somebody's coochie or somebody's boobs. I can't because that's the culture here now. And it's not funny. It is not. um, There are any number of things that I could say that are hyperbolic that just put me over the top because I get so fed up with it. I don't even spend my money here anymore. Because it's a waste of my, my experience. It has been that downgraded. And it's a culture. And it is a fatherless culture. And many of you, just because you're in the house, y'all get the black dads a real, you know, well, this is who black culture is. Well, it's not just the black culture. A lot of you white dads are sitting around the house too, just letting your girls twerk it and hang it out. And, you know, she's walking out of the house looking like a huzzy, you know, and your wife's like, yeah, well, just leave her alone. That's how all the other girls dress. I know the conversations y'all hear. And then you check out, you're just in your game station or your beer or the guys or work or the secretary. I mean, whatever it is, you know, travel, however it is you escape. I'm t- I know, I know. You're not telling me anything I don't already know, and I'm not here to shame you about it. I'm just telling you, you cannot continue to listen to my show and call in and email me and bitch about this country if you're a man and you're not willing to step up and be one. And you know I love you. You know I've got your back. Absolutely. I love men. And I think you guys get a really raw deal. But this is when you have to know who God is in order for him to tell you who you are. Because I'm telling you now, the ladies are coming for you. They're going to have you all in skirts and bonnets and boobs and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Because that's the crazy way of the world. And Satan has got a hold of women ad nauseum at this point. I mean, this is like the, this is the generation of worship, you know, Queen Bee. There's a reason Beyonce is called Queen Bee. Do you know what the Queen Bee does? She sleeps with everybody and then they all die. (laughs) This is, this is like, you know, the black queen, black girl magic. You know, you've got the princess generation with the little Beckys and... (laughs) I mean, white people are not, white people are not uh, omitted from all of this. Like, we don't get a free pass from, you know, Satan's wiles. We all get it equally. That's why we're all, we're created equal as humans, remember? No one has privilege. Everyone's interested in oppressing the others at some point in time because that's part of the fallen nature. And you have to submit to the kingdom of liberty in order to pursue liberty. Now, speaking of that, some of you have noticed that I've jumped on the bandwagon with the Convention of of States, not the convention, but Convention of States. Okay, I am 100% behind this now, and I'm learning as much as I can, as fast as I can, and I'd love to bring Mark Meckler onto my show to discuss it. He is leading the charge uh, with Convention of States, and um, and it's... Uh, it's good. Some of you are afraid because you're like, oh my gosh. And I was too. I thought, holy cow, are you kidding me? All we need is Stacey Abrams and the rest of those crazies to get in there and just up in the entire constitution. You're talking about, you're talking about article five, which gives the states the ability to utilize the constitution to save the constitution. It is a little scary because people can make, it really is a convention of, of suggestions, if you will. And there are three top priorities to this convention, as I understand it right now. And one is, diff- is definitely to limit the size of the government 
Two is, and we're talking about FDA, EPA, these other, you know, institutions where you just go, huh, these are completely unconstitutional. Uh, Thank you, Supreme Court, for your misinterpretation. Two, uh, fiscal, reining in our our fiscal responsibility, having a balanced budget. Good luck with that, but I do think it's a a worthy um, amendment for sure. And, uh, And three is something that, ironically enough, you know, when I was, um, when I consulted in campaign season past, you know, people, the people who were most interested about term limits, right, were usually my libertarian candidates or people who are slightly fringe, where you're like, okay, see, we kind of scoffed at that. I mean, I'm guilty as charged. I absolutely did. But the third item on the uh, conventionofstates.com that you're going to find is um, and that's where you need to go for all of the information. It's 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 very plain to understand, very easy to read. Uh, you can contribute there as well. I did a very nominal contribution. You can sign the petition as well, conventionofstates.com. Um, I am not affiliated with them yet, but I hope to be because I would love to be able to take this message out uh, as I am doing right now, but take that out on my tour as well. Uh, term limits. I mean, Really? How many of us, you know, I, I do say, though, <laughs> understanding more about the deep state and how what a geopolitical disaster fiasco our political landscape is, right? Our Congress, I mean, it's a mess. Our judiciary, I mean, from the states up are just crazy. And so whenever I look at that, I think to myself, okay, so this was a hundred year game plan, right? And so what they did was just used our rules against us. And so you've got term limits. And I look at people like Schumer or Pelosi and I'm like, or, you know, McConnell, I'm thinking, do they, do you really think people want to be elected, you know, in perpetuity <laughs> in Congress? And I think, hmm, I think, you know how some people, you just become like a ward of whatever mafia you are beholden to, right? Now think about that. Some people really don't have a choice. And, and now that you understand the hardware and the software uh, vulnerabilities with regard to our election grid, all of it just makes more sense, doesn't it? I mean, really? You look at AOC's district and you think to yourself, is that even plausible? Do people, do people really vote for someone who's against cow farting? I mean, how, I mean, how, no, no, that's not. Actually, it's not plausible at all. So if, again, remember folks, two plus two is four. So I know you're being tricked into not trusting anything your eyes see that the arrow on the milk carton really is in the right direction. That, as my friend says, I love that. Or that the sky really is blue or that, you know, God really is God and the devil really is the devil and white is white and black is black and male is male and female is female. I know, I know (laughs) that the cunning, crafty, beguiling, you know, scheming wiles of the enemy's kingdom is just, I mean, over the top right now and pulling out all the stops to pull you into agreement with the disorder and the chaos and the confusion. But I'm telling you, don't go there. Trust your spirit. Trust your gut. And then speak out. Like I said, monitor what's going on in your homes. Convention of states. All right, I don't want to go back to the home thing because you already know what to do. And I've just laid down the gauntlet tonight for you gentlemen because I do love you. And I believe in you. I believe in your ability to lead your families. I really do. 
I believe in you. And so I'm doing a little bit of a butt kicking tonight because I'm, I'm tired of seeing you get run over. And you don't have to be angry or vicious or, you know, if you've got all of that inside of you, take all that to the throne and dump it. If you need to go speak to a counselor about it because you need some help in discipleship to get your family turned around, some of you are literally on the Titanic. And your kids are just crazy, out of control. And so is your wife. And you don't know what to do. And I'm going to tell you now, you need to find a counselor who understands godly principles who is not going to be, you know, some liberal wackadoo, uh, you know, reconfirm, reaffirming whatever your little 15-year-old is convinced is the truth. <laughs> so I want to encourage you and empower you. So back to Convention of States. So as I understand it, I think, Mark, on the last thing I saw of him, and there could be more now, I think he may be up to 26 states who have agreed to convene, okay? And so when you convene... You're basically getting together to put forth the amendments. I mean, term limits. Yeah, definitely a really good idea. Fiscal responsibility. What are we, 27 plus trillion dollars in debt um, in ending federal overreach in, in the ways of you know, these agencies that are, I mean, really, look at the FDA. Look at some of these agencies now who are holding the entire country hostage. Think about that. Think about all of the remedies that were put forth in order to cure, um, act as a preventative measure for this COVID-schmovid stuff. Think about that. The FDA is like, no, nope. or, the, or the CDC, for God's sakes. And people think that, well, the CDC said that people could take cruises now. I'm sorry, who gave the CDC legislative power? Who did that? And unless we speak out about it, and I mean really speak out about it, and you put people in office who understand that, hey, you're on a term limit, buddy. You're, you're literally on a very short leash. And so this is what you're going to do whenever you get there because this is what we told you we wanted. And you're there to represent our interests. Not New York's. Not George Soros. Not Angela Merkel. Not the EU. Not the Russians. This whole Russian crap... I mean, I'm starting to wonder about the Chinese crap, too, because our, you know, supposed um, national security apparatus, holy crap, what a disaster that is. I mean, we knew the deep state was deep, but good grief. I mean, talk about just completely defunct and and morbidly obese, just bloated with power and corruption. It is just like a giant boil that I just keep praying God's just going to take a giant needle and just pop it, you know, and just that's the drain. That's the swamp that needed to be drained. I mean, I think many Americans thought it was Congress and by, and to a certain extent it is. But when you start looking at your national security apparatus and the links that they will go to, to put people in office and take people out, (laughs) it's, I mean, it's real. Like we've been watching movies about this stuff all these years going, Oh, wow. Okay, well, we know that could happen, but that's kind of like edgy and, you know, and, you know, Jason Bourne overcame it. And it's like, yeah, well, now it's you. Now you get to play the role of Jason Bourne. Isn't that exciting? You get to be William Wallace. I mean, if you have an American flag, you voted for Trump, you're a conservative, you're a white male, good luck. You're as good as Jason Bourne on the run. So it's like, yeah, we need to drain the swamp for sure. And term limits is a good place to start. 
just dismantling the entire apparatus. I mean, I personally, I love to, okay, I have a lot of friends in DHS, so you're not going to hear me dog DHS, but you are going to hear me say to DHS, can we please abolish the TSA? Because we don't need them. Just privatize it. We do not need them. Department of Homeland Security can be, you know, a number of other things, I guess. It's hard because there's so many great people within these agencies. There really are. Who have, it's almost like being a part of a secret society and you don't really know what's going on in the upper echelons because it's created that way. And all of the corruption and all the orgies and all the weird stuff goes on at the very top levels. All the fun stuff for some of you. All that wackadoo stuff goes on behind super duper, super duper insulated closed doors. Right in the dark recesses of, of those organizations. And... Most of the lay people have no idea what the heck's going on. I mean, you talk to people coming out of Scientology, for God's sakes, they'll tell you the same thing. You know, at the top of a lot of these pyramids, it's just really creepy, gross, perverse stuff that other people down at the little lowly ones at the bottom who are constantly building up that, you know, the power base for the others, they have no idea um, what's really going on. Okay. So, Convention of States. I think there are 26 people who it's 26 states who have signed on so far. Uh, we need 34 in order to call a convention. You need 38 though, to ratify uh, any amendments. Okay. And some of you are like, Oh crap, they could totally dismantle the entire constitution. Well, that's not entirely true because it would only take from what I understand, 13 states to say, we're not doing that. Only 13. Now, why is it important to do this now? Because Right now, we have a majority of Republican, if you can call them that, legislatures across the country. And so you're going to want to do something of this nature when you have a Republican uh, majority. And I know many legislatures are just riddled with rhinos. I get it. But I, I think even your worst rhino may not be, well, they may not be for term limits, but they're not for dismantling the entire Constitution. So there are plenty of stop gaps put in place so that that cannot happen, so that your entire Bill of Rights just doesn't get flushed down Stacey Abrams' toilet. Um, and as I learn more, I plan to bring more information to you, but you can also do your research yourself. And like I said, go to conventionofstates.com. Again, I hope to have Mark Meckler on in the coming days. He is a vat of knowledge, a wealth of information um, and wisdom. And I think it, the time is now. If you're going to, um, if you're going to make a difference, and you're going to get, and I, I mean like an actual difference, not just it's time to make a difference, wish upon a star. No, I'm talking actually. If you want to be William Wallace, this is how you do it. If you want to put your war paint on and show up to actually move the needle, and to move the flag back, you know, to its proper place in terms of getting this government back under control. In, in some semblance, this is how you do it. And this is going to be the fastest way you do it on top of that. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy lift, but I'm saying it is a lift. And it could be a, it could be a formidable lift. So I want you to consider that and consider uh, contributing to these guys. Again, I am, I'm, not on, I'm not on any kind of official capacity, any standing with these guys. I do hope to learn more and to be able to assist further in their efforts. I I was here in Forsyth County and um, Atlanta, uh, I'm sorry, in Georgia. There's a wonderful presentation um, that was given here at a GOP function and, um, you know, really 
just champion the cause of this particular bend was aligning with scriptural principles in how being a Judeo-Christian um, country, you know, our, our pillars, our, our pilings, our founding, um, it's important to remember that it's it's not enough to be fiscally conservative and socially crazy. And I'm going to tell you, for many years, the Republicans absolutely dropped the ball on that. And I would I would venture to say that that was by and large because they knew what they were doing in their private lives. Because that's how most of us are. When we know we're doing wrong because we don't want to be hypocritical, we just casually sort of take our foot off the gas of certain conversations. But boy, that fiscal responsibility, you know, that, that'll make up for it. <laughs> That's the other side of the scale that just makes us all sanctimonious and righteous, right? But all this hokey pokey stuff we're doing over here on the other side, you know, the abortions that Republicans have had and, uh, you know, the molesting of kids, you know, wh- whatever. I mean, you don't think Republicans traffic children? Really? Do you really think this is just a liberal Democrat agenda? Come on. I know you're not that naive, not if you listen to me. So, yeah, it's a, it's a mess out here. It is a mess. I, in, speaking of messes, I wanted to, I want to read something um, to you. And, okay, here we go. I, and I want you to prepare yourself, okay, because th- this was hard for me to read. Um, I received something that Dr. Uh, Simone, uh, if you know her, she's with the, um, the doctors who are doing all the great work um, regarding vaccines and, you know, COVID. And, you know, she's right now, I think she's dealing with a trial and all this stuff. Uh, but, she, but she's part of the, the name of the doctor's group escapes me at the moment. You know who I'm referring to though, but um, I'm on openvares.com, open V-A-E-R-S.com, okay? And these are the reports coming in on what's happening with vaccinations and, and reactions to the vaccinations. And so um, I'm going to read some of these. And this is, again, this is an official page of, of, of things that have occurred. You can go read, uh, you're going to have like a, an ID, it's not going to list anyone's name. It does list an ID number and it lists the sex of the person and, um, and the age. Okay. If the age is known. All right. So I'm going to read through some of these because I think it's important, you know, in light of the call that's coming up tomorrow evening that I just uh, promoted to you guys with this physician, for some of you who have already taken the vaccine, you are very afraid and I feel for you. And I'm not here to shame you because that is not my job. But I am here to empower you, even now. And I would encourage you to pray. I don't say that lightly, but to pray that God would give you peace and peace in your body and that your body would not be ill affected by any kind of adverse effects that this, it's not a vaccine. It's just not. It is an experimental drug on whatever this experimental drug could do inside of your body. So if you're going to get freaked out about some of these responses or reactions to these experimental drugs, this is probably a good time for you to tune out. And I'll just catch up with you guys tomorrow 
on tomorrow's show of Life, Love, and Liberty, okay? So I want to give you a forewarning because some of you are not strong enough in your spirit to be able to listen to some of these things and not freak out. And so I want you to honor yourself, be honest with yourself. If it's not something that you can handle, just hang up. <laughs> I love you. We'll be back tomorrow. And uh, and then tomorrow night, make sure that you're available for the call at 8 p.m. Um, I think you'll find some good information there. I'll be on the call as well. Um, okay, so here's some of the reactions. Ready? And these are reported. And these are official reports. Uh, this person is 82 years of age, uh, a male, okay, 23 hours post-vaccination, developed seizures, followed by rigor. Uh, vaccine was given as prophylaxis. You can also read the um, the the full, uh, oh, yeah, I had chills and convulsions. You, you can also read the entire, um, the, the story, the full report, okay, um, here's another one. One year old male, hypotonic, hyper, hypo responsive episode, infant died. Raise text syndrome, or rise, I'm sorry, rise text syndrome vaccine given for routine uh, immunizations. And then it gave the, um, it gave the DTP, OPV, um, DTP, tri, uh, immunococcal, polio. So these are the vaccines that were given. Okay. Uh, here's someone who's male, age one. Patient developed chills for approximately one hour, felt achy all over, genital area turned red with some swelling, no pain 24 hours later. Now has pain in genital area. Genitals pain, swelling, redness for eight days, fever, dermatitis contact, and rigors. It does not tell you... Um, which vaccines, well, yeah, yes, it does. OPV, polio, uh, virus, uh, oral gives you other stuff in there. Okay. Uh, seven patients within two weeks have reported joint pain and tenderness, which radiated up to the shoulder redness and slight swelling injection site. Uh, no treatment prescribed. One patient is due to visit a neurologist for shoulder, um, this is the sex is undetermined and the age is unknown. A 16 year old female feeling faint and then had seizure within a few minutes. Um, and this was the polio TD and MMR immunization. Uh, the doctor is uncertain if seizure was due to hyperventilation episode, no treatment initiated patient, asymptomatic vaccine given routine. Okay. Uh, two or three patients who received immunization and developed swollen red arm. All right. Um, uh, who's another person recurrent? These are ear infections, measles, mumps, and rubella. Um, then we went on to MMR, one dose, uh, a whole other. So all of this. Okay. So these, these are your, oh, there you go. Okay. So here's like a, here's a disclaimer. The Open VAERS project, you will notice that the only date filter is the report received. There are six date fields in the VAERS record system. Received report, date died, vaccine onset, and today. Only the received date appears to be required. Many reports do not have vaccinated uh, greater than 100,000 or, um, I'm sorry, less than 100,000 or onset, less than 150,000 dates. 
when searching by these dates in HHS, you will always have an underreporting of injury due to this. Keep in mind that many reports are filed months or years after the injury. So if you search by report received, your date, uh, your data will not line up with the other historic events. So, so some of these are regular vaccination responses. These are like routine vaccines, and others of these are coming on this site or coming directly from um, responses that people have had. Um, yeah, that people have had. Okay, and, and, and here's here here was Simone's point. Okay. There's all COVID vaccine reports. There are 358,000 um, adverse events, 358, 300, uh, 379 reports, 358,000 reports through June 11th, 2021. So, um, okay, here we go. After waiting 15 minutes after the administration of the Pfizer vaccine, the patient and his mom left the pharmacy. According to the mother, the patient told her in the parking lot that he was having dizziness and a little bit of shortness of breath, so they came back to the pharmacy. The mother also stated that he had asthma when he was younger, but that she suspected he grew out of it. He had no other symptoms of a possible allergic reaction. I gave him 10 milliliters of Benadryl as a precaution. And they, and you go, all right, so here's the COVID vaccines. Uh, symptoms, muscle spasms, menstruation delayed. Um, wow. Scars on left arm, cramps, late period. This person is 32 years of age. These on the symptoms were uh, came on three days after. Clearly, a female um, ear ringing. Interesting ear ringing, ammonia inhalant, back to normal within 10 minutes. Vaccine administered administration error. That's like the third one that I've seen on here. I don't even know what that means. Um, okay, here's a 30-year-old male. About two days after second COVID vaccine, I started to get chills. I felt like a strong cold, coughed with mucus, skin was very sensitive, had low energy to do anything. You can re- Again, you can read the entire report. Arm pain originating in the deltoid region, spanning down length of arm, patient reports, limited range of motion, pain, weakness, and tingling in the fingertips. Um, patient, 72 years old, female, Patient describes copious amounts of hair loss since receiving the vaccine. Uh, Female, 46 years of age, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, muscle aches, headaches, dizziness, tingling in my hands and feet. Uh, 14 years of age, a male. Um, 1258, called to lobby. The patient was pale diaphoretic and having tremors of extremities per mom. He does this with vaccines. She did not say anything thinking it was psychological. And if she did not mention it, he would be okay. Uh, he was dizzy transferred by parents to wheelchair, then to treatment room, two person standby assist treatment table and lying in supine position verbalizes had not eaten and feels better by lying down, uh, skin color. Okay. So, so that's in real time. Okay. There are literally pages and pages of this stuff. um, where are we? We've got COVID, keratitis, and iritis, uh, taking steroid drops now for a month, um, dizziness, nausea, um, administration error, whatever the heck that means. Um, okay, COVID diagnosis patient tolerated injection well, but was notified by staff of that of an error. 
one person has a uh, headache, another person um, pulse went up, blah, blah, blah. There are over 5,000 deaths that have been associated with a vaccine. If you want to call it a vaccine with, with these experimental drugs, over 5,000. Now, the numbers change daily from what I get. And you, you have people who believe that there are upward of 80, oh gosh, 80 million people who have received the vaccine, which I don't believe that at all. I think it's more in the tens of thousands. Uh, I don't even think we've hit the millions of people who have received this vaccine. I just, I don't believe that. But 5,200, so how many deaths did we have? Uh, well, <laughs> we don't even know the real numbers of that. <laughs> so let's just say it was legitimately 50,000 deaths from uh, from the actual COVID-19 virus, right? And it was because of the virus that they died. Not a car accident, not skydiving, not swimming with the sharks with a, you know, a bloody steak in your hand, but actually COVID, right? And so 5,000 have died from these, quote, vaccines. So 10% of the people who died from actual COVID have now died from the vaccines. So are you guys ready to line up and take your jab? I mean, I, I don't know how comforting this stuff is to you. The first set of vaccines I read to you were clearly from a different space, but how about that, though? Huh. I mean, if ever the case was being made for the anti-vaxxers, it's now. And I'm not usually a person who swings from, like, one side of the pendulum all the way over to the other side. You know, I'm not, I'm not an anarchist. You know, it's one of the reasons why I'm not a libertarian, because I'm not six weeks away or six months away from anarchy. Um, and I believe in God, and I'm probably considered a Zionist. I don't know. But, um, but I believe in, you know, I, I, I believe in being neighborly, not this don't. I mean, I get the government not treading on me, but it actually goes way beyond the government once you get into that whole thing. It just does. Um, but seriously, your government should not be dictating to you. This is the pan. This is a shamdemic. It's now an endemic. I mean, if your state is still, if your state is still on lockdown, you know why your state's on lockdown because they're still on the teat of the government, of the feds, of all of us. Because there's no such thing as a money tree called the federal government tree. No, it's called the taxpayers of the United States of America. That's us. We are the money tree. So we are still supporting these wackadoo states who just refuse to open. And the only reason they're doing it is because of money, as you well know. So I wanted to read some of those to you because it was it was alarming whenever I saw Simone's post about over 5,000 people have 52 or so hundred people have. And I don't mean to be trite about that at all. Every life matters. Um, every death. But you see what's happening with kids from 18 to 28, I believe, I mean, you've got myocarditis going, myocarditis going on where the heart is inflamed. You have people with certain heart conditions now starting to pop up. You've got uh, neurological issues. I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. Again, but again, you are not a prisoner of war. You still have the power to say no. You have the power to lose your job. You have the power to stand up to your employer and say, no, I'm not taking this. You have the power to put a community of people around you who are constitutionally minded who will pull their resources together to hire someone in the legal field who can represent your constitutional interests if need be. You have the power to do that. 
You have the authority to do that. You have the jurisdiction to do that. There's nothing illegal about that. Nothing. There's nothing violent about that. It is perfectly sane for you to legally represent your constitutional rights. That is your responsibility. It's not enough for us to continue to sit on social media flamethrowing at Congress. It's just not enough. Again, I'm going to encourage you to put on your William Wallace war paint and partner with the Convention of States and get ready to help push this through your legislatures for the numbers that they need to get over the, the finish line. And I'm not sure where they are in the numbers yet. The last I heard, like I said, was a few weeks ago. I want to say there were 26 states on board. And ultimately, you only need 34 to hold a convention. And I really think it's worth the risk because it was built in for us to protect the Constitution, to use the Constitution to protect her. So you're going to have to get over the fear. It's not like state, listen, if Stacey Abrams and George Soros were excited about a convention of states, I might be a little bit like, yeah, that is, put your William War, William Wallace war paint up, not the time. Or if we didn't have a majority of Republican legislatures. And I'm going to tell you all something. For those of you waiting on President Trump to descend into the Oval Office again, more power to you. But even if he did, even if this enti- even if we had a Myanmar on our hands, I'm going to tell you right now, shame, shame, and more shame on you. I know I sound like a Democrat right now. I'm just telling you, shame on all of us. If we just celebrate that and go from rally to rally again and fly our Trump flags and get out on our Trump boat parades and America first and MAGA and ha ha ha, we socked it to the left and look at us, we're on top. That is all a bunch of nothing. If you are not going to learn from the hell we are going through right now. Because he will be dethroned at some point in time. And you're going to have to fight for this freedom again. So you may as well set yourself up for success in the best way you can honor President Trump and his legacy that he left us with for four years, although I do wish he had drained the friggin' DOJ. And and, and people in just oh, the deep state. I mean, he knows who the deep state, deep state is, and we do too now. And I wish there had been done more to drain that swamp, but maybe it just all had to come to a head like this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the enemy's kingdom had to overplay their hand. Maybe, maybe that hand had to be overplayed in order for more things to be revealed, to be ultimately uh, sanitized. And I do believe God is in the business of sanitizing because you know what folks, at the end of the day, the earth is the fullness. I mean, the fullness of the earth is the Lord's. All of it. All of it. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. It's all his. And so there's only so much wickedness and vile, just putrid filth that a righteous and holy and just God is going to allow to continue in this country or anywhere for that matter. And we don't get out of we don't get a get out of jail uh, free card because we're America. No, we don't. If anything, the the burden of resp- uh, the the responsibility and the burden is greater for us as a nation who knows the truth. And if we've been blessed with the truth to set the captives free, 
And we think that means going and building, you know, hut churches in Zimbabwe, dealing with tribal leaders who, you know, hoard the seeds that we bring over there like naive little missionaries thinking that, you know, King Tut's going to just let us, King Tutu is going to let us, you know, plant seeds in his field uh, and not monetize that. You know, we're so, we're just so English. And I, w- I won't even say colonial because that, you know, that, that'll just prick some of you people. We're like, we're not colonialists. You know, get your history right, Monica. So I don't use those terms usually, but we are just very English. I'll say that. We're very naive. And, and, and some of that we come by honestly as Americans because we do actually want to, and we do have a desire to honor our God our God conscience, you know, and taking food out of the mouths of people who would, you know, be able to grow, like the Clintons, right? Just think of Haiti and what they did with rice. Completely depressed the entire country. And just threw them into complete poverty. Couldn't even grow their own goods. And what do you think? They're incapable because they're black or because they live in mud huts? Really? You think the Spirit of God can't produce something in a mud hut? I mean, we're just so, sometimes as Americans, I think we're just so wealthy. We're just dumb. Seriously, it just makes us, the more wealth we have, the dumber we seem to get sometimes, especially in the area of understanding what real wealth is. All right. On that note, I'm done. I love you guys. I'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with me for so long tonight. I had a lot to say. (laughs) And I love you guys. I love you men. I love you women. I love your babies. I love this country. And, um, yeah, thanks for joining me. I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully. Same time, same place. We'll see. Creek don't rise and storms and poop and whatever. The second or third or fourth coming. Yeah, I'll still be here. (laughs) Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, go to conventionofstates.com. I love you. Act like one.